This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk. I'm your host, Steve Hilliard. 2020 was a year when seemingly almost everyone had to work from home. But what are the implications of working from home on an employee's productivity, their comfort, safety, health and general well-being? And of course, what opportunities exist for our industry to support those businesses wishing to help their employees to work from home more safely? Over the course of the next three episodes of OPI Talk, I'll be discussing a number of these issues and opportunities with one of the leading experts in this area, And that is Louise Shipley, who is the European Head of Marketing for Workplace Health Solutions at Fellows Brands. So good morning, Louise. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode of OPI Talk. I know you've had a very busy week this week, what with the introduction and launch of your new way of working survey. Yes, it it has been a very busy week. Thank you. Uh, um, Thank you for inviting me, first of all, to do this. It's very exciting. And uh, yes, it's been an exciting week. We launched the new way of working campaign on Tuesday, which is a result of a survey that we took across uh, seven different markets, 7,000 employees to find out how they've been coping with lockdown and subsequently what their hopes for the future are. So so hopefully that's really helped the industry and and, uh, businesses engage in the issues that a lot of them are facing, frankly, at the moment. Excellent. Well, we're going to cover that subject, of course, in uh, part three of this uh, series of uh, podcasts. So talking about working from home, you know, many employees have been forced to work from home during this pandemic. And in some cases, um, they haven't been to their normal place of work for almost a year. What impact do you think this has had on their health and general well-being? Yes, I mean, this has just had a massive impact on on employee health and well-being in in many ways, and and both physically and mentally. And many experts in the fields of of ergonomics and physiotherapy and and mental health are really concerned about the longer-term impact that the lockdown will have had on on a large proportion of the workforce across, across the world. There's lots of media coverage on those that have had no choice but to go into a workplace and the risk of infection that that poses, but a little bit less on the health of those who've been forced to work from home. So um, just to put it into perspective, working from home presents huge opportunities for businesses in terms of cost savings and, and also providing employees with a, with a work-life balance, but also massive challenges. And under normal circumstances, if an employee was to start working from home as part of an agreed working pattern, the correct discussion and planning would not only take place to ensure they have the right environment and the equipment for this to, to occur successfully. So... However, on this this occasion, this unprecedented occasion, many were instructed to work from home overnight and and many without the preparation it would would normally involve and entail. So some of the main impacts that we've seen are are mental health impacts, such as feelings of isolation and loneliness, feeling overwhelmed or undervalued and suffering from anxiety and stress, but also physical impacts caused by simply not having the right equipment or the right environment or not moving around enough. So to that point, one of the downsides of being at home is that many of us find we are stuck in Zoom or Teams calls all day and really not moving. So so many of the physical benefits that we would experience from being in the office just you know aren't happening at home as as uh, as weird as that potentially sounds some of the physical symptoms that many are experiencing include things like strained eyes and that's often caused by the screen distance or poor and inadequate 
lighting at home or even poor air quality at home, particularly in the winter. Um, stiff neck caused by an inaccurate screen position, a sore aching back, which is often caused by inappropriate seating or desking, and, and a number of headaches, which can be caused by, by a combination of the above factors. Right. Well, you know, um, these have been unprecedented times, and he sort of alluded to this. It's perhaps not surprising that there's a, a general lack of clarity over a business's obligations from a legal, uh, a cultural and a, and a social point of view. Um, what about an employer's you know, duty of care obligation towards its workforce? You know, how has this been affected? So it's, it's, this is a great question because, you know, understanding the duty of care towards the workforce at, at home is, is quite a, a muted point because it's in some areas, it's not that clear at all. So understandably, at the beginning of lockdown, I don't think many businesses would have thought they would still be in this situation where many of the workforce are continuing to work from home or indeed those that are having to go into the office are having to follow strict COVID guidelines. So I think many businesses saw, saw the initial first few weeks as very much a temporary measure. And, and let's, let's not forget, many, many employees have now been working from home for, you know, going on for 10 months. Um, many haven't returned to the office at all. So, and, and many businesses have no immediate plans to return to the office. So, you know, this is, uh, this is, this is over quite a long period of time. As time has gone on, clearly in an effort to ensure that the productivity and employee engagement and motivation remain, employers have and will need to review their obligations and adapt them to ensure they're providing the right support. So employees have the same health and safety responsibilities for home workers contracted to work from home as for any other workers. And when employees are contracted to work from home, they need to consider how to support them to ensure they have the right home working environment. So this will include things like having the right equipment, technology, and that employees are able to work from home effectively as well. Employers should also consider what help those working temporarily from home need and at what point that temporary arrangement becomes a more permanent way of working. To support employees, employers should have clear policies around things like work equipment and technology to encourage employees to look at their home working environment and ensure it's suitable for their needs. The big challenge is that in many countries, there's no clear definition of home workers and the current legislation is somewhat outdated. And with a lack of clarity around home working on a temporary or permanent basis, the potential for a confused interpretation of the legislation could really put workers at risk. So employers should make their, their judgments to protect their workers and provide them with advice on completing things like their own basic workstation risk assessment at home, particularly if home working is not yet a permanent arrangement. For those for whom working from home becomes permanent, the law requires employers to carry out a full workstation risk assessment and provide workers with appropriate equipment and advice on control measures. The coronavirus pandemic has meant more people who are not traditional home workers are now working from home and we're likely to see this trend continue. This means an increase in flexible or hybrid working between office and home in the future. So employers need to take responsibility for continually reviewing and adapting working practices to future-proof the health of their workforce and direct employees to a workstation risk assessment to identify any issues with their home working setup. Regular engagement and consultation with employees will help with the identification of ever-changing risks to physical safety, 
but also occupational health and well-being. Employees themselves must also take reasonable care of the health and safety of themselves at work. Oh, well, you mentioned uh, a couple of times in there, you know, sort of hybrid working and the fact that, um, you know, employees perhaps have to look forward to a long future of, you know, shuffling backwards and forwards from an office environment to a, to a home working environment. And of course, we're going to cover that in the second part of this uh, series of three. Staying with legislation for a moment, though, are you seeing signs that governments you know, around the world are finally sort of updating legislation that addresses this so-called new normal? Yes, definitely. And this is a good thing. When it comes to the workplace, homeworking is a new normal for an increasing number of workers globally, and it's likely to stay that way. This means recent months have seen a number of European countries bring in new laws around homeworking. And hopefully those countries that brought in the new laws are going to be you know, watched and observed by, by other countries who will, who will hopefully do the same thing. So, for example, Spain passed a new decree in September to ensure remote workers have equal working conditions and career development opportunities, while Germany will publish a bill to make working from home a legal right. Strengthening workers' rights and regulating homework are central to the plans, and Germany says it wants to give its citizens the legal right to work from home. Workers in many parts of the world are now much more familiar with the ins and outs of the remote office than they were at the beginning of 2020. In Germany, around 40% of people wanted to work from home at least part of their time, even before the pandemic hit. And the country has been seeking initiatives for companies to allow employees to work from home since early 2019. But now, as the pandemic has given a glimpse of what is possible, it is looking to make it official. The Republic of Ireland is also updating its guidance for people working remotely, and France has had laws regulating home working hours since 2017. The UK has yet to follow suit, however, and many are calling for the legislation to be updated. This is important because many of the concerns that employees are raising around working from home include work-life balance, working significantly longer hours than in the corporate office, and expectations from their employers being higher, for example. It's quite interesting. You refer to um, a variety of different nations within the European Union, of course, of which the UK is no longer. I'm sort of surprised there isn't some sort of consistency of, um, you know, obligation or legislation across the European Union countries. Yes, as are we and I think many of the other, many businesses out there as well. But um, but as it happens, the legislation is, is fairly outdated. Many, many of the, uh, certainly the EU countries are, are obviously working uh, to the EC guidelines, the, e, the EU Directive 9270EC, which was actually um, first put into place in, in 1990. It was updated slightly in 2002. So, you know, we're talking about a very long time ago. And when you think what's changed in the workplace over, over those decades in terms of working trends and habits and, and new technology, um, we can quickly see why, obviously, there's a need to really update things. Yeah, yeah. Legislation aside, of course, there are you know, huge swathes of uh, employers that do wish to um, consider the importance of you know, their safety, health and well-being of their workforce. Uh, what sorts of resources exist out there to help those employers become you know, uh, more compliant with legislation as it currently stands and also become even more responsible? So, yes, there's, there's, there's lots of resources actually available to help employers you know, when I, when I look myself, um, you know, when you, you can Google plenty of things, uh, you know, and, and there's everybody and anybody offering help, advice and resources. So, 
it's it's not easy i guess what's what's harder is actually finding the right reliable resources out there so i think the place i would start is 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 by really visiting their you know wherever their employer is based by visiting their local government websites and um, and following the legislation or the guidelines that are detailed there so every country really should have details provided by the government, um, which they can use then as a foundation to ensure they are compliant. So if in doubt, as I mentioned, there are many health and safety, HR, well-being resources out there that can be found that can really help businesses build a, a business response plan to, to the current situation and, and indeed to, to an ongoing situation in the future should they decide they want to change their business model and make working from home a permanent uh, feature within their business. So I think what's important for businesses is that they have a very clear work from home plan along with a clear work in the office plan. And this is really important so that employees are fully supported and clear on the guidelines, depending on the options that have been provided to them. It's extra important that they uh, that they feel that their health, safety and well-being is not being compromised in either a situation, whether it's in the office or, or at home. And they also need to be secure in the knowledge that employers are dealing with the matter in a very responsible and, and safe manner as well. I think in, in times of, uh, well, communication is key at all times, but in terms of uncertainty, as, as we're going through now, clear communication is is incredibly important and and businesses really should share any company plans they're implementing with employees in a very clear and thorough way so outlining the human resources policies outlining things like workplace and leave flexibilities and pays and benefits that are available to them and certainly policies or um, assets that can really help them to maintain their health and well-being as we go through this really unprecedented period and maintaining open and honest communication is really key and and really ensuring you're passing on the government and medical guidelines to your employees around the virus so i would also encourage businesses really think creatively about what flexible work options they can offer so whether it's leave or unpaid leave or part-time or sabbaticals even, um, you know, think about that and, and really consider the employment law requirements as well. I think it's also important to say as part of this topic that employees should equally take responsibility for their own health and well-being and should feel, you know, in a safe environment to ask their employer for support and assistance as well to help them be successful through this period. Okay. We're going to come in a moment to talking about you know our industry and the dealer community and uh, how it can support you know the, the, the broader uh, business world. Before we get to that, though, just one other question for me, which was you know what other tips or advice uh, can you give businesses listening to help them ensure that um, you know their employees remain safe, uh, healthy, and productive? You know, and what are the main factors that organisations need to look out for, and uh, what are the main areas of equipment that should be available? You know, what what else could you uh, suggest based on your wealth of experience? So yeah, sure. I mean, I guess um, a lot of this is could be perceived as common sense, but um, but you know, once you're uh, sort of setting out a policy or, or guidelines to how you want to to ensure you're equipping employees correctly, then you know it's it's really important to have um, to have some some very clear communication around this. So I guess the first thing I would I would encourage businesses to think about is really encourage your employees to create a dedicated workspace. 
Now, this is easier said than done, believe you me. I'm, I think we've all seen the pictures on TV and on the media of people in, in tiny apartments in some city centres who've had to make the best uh, they can out of working out of three or four rooms. But, but you know, really, this is incredibly important. And clearly, many regular office workers have never needed a dedicated workspace in their homes. But if they're now regularly working from home, then their managers really should encourage the creation of home office spaces that are as separate as possible from from communal spaces. Now, whether this is breaking up a room with partitions or whatever it might be, this is this is really important because dedicated workspaces can help free employees from the normal distractions from home life. So even if this office is a temporary makeshift space, such as a guest room or a basement or an attic, or even a walking wardrobe, <laughs> this can really help you mentally separate work from home, as, as crazy as that sounds. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I think, you know, that would be the first thing I'd really encourage businesses to talk to their employees about. You know, that's, uh, it's really important to think about. And then I think the next point is really to, to equip your team with the right technology and the productivity tools. So I think first and foremost, you know, it's important that teams are successful while working remotely. So, you know, they need tools that can help them stay connected and and help them work productively. Now, whether this includes um, equipment or broadband or software or, or whatever it might be, there's so many things out there now. And there's so many things that have been developed or improved over the last few months to help with this. This will help really support their mental health, particularly and, and help business engagement levels. So it's also important that employers encourage their employees to take regular breaks during their working day. And this is especially important when working from home. As I mentioned earlier on, it's amazing how people have reported moving less whilst working from home, taking less breaks, etc. Really being stuck in front of their, their screen for hours on end. So, you know, just as they do in the offices, businesses should really implement initiatives that encourage and support employees to, to allocate time in their daily schedule for regular breaks, to increase productivity and, and lower stress levels and, and, and help it re-energize employees as well. Energy levels has been one of the things that's regularly come up in surveys and discussions with businesses and employees that, that we've had. And, you know, it's really important that their energy levels remain as high as possible. The, the other things I would suggest is just making sure they're establishing daily check-ins with managers no longer getting daily FaceTime with employees and, you know, they're not able to chat anymore around the, the proverbial coffee machine or, or um, water fountain. Creating a, creating a daily check-in routine is a really important way to set priorities and foster connections. So a morning check-in via a, a video chat or a phone call or instant messaging can really help to create a sense of normality and a sense of purpose and a, and a sense of feeling valued as well, which um, is incredibly important at this difficult time. So, I mean, that links really to my next point really nicely because, you know, one of the things we found is that working from home can really contribute to loneliness and negative emotions. So so the emotional support that employees can provide to employees is, is really important. And we would encourage leaders to set the tone for their virtual offices with a really calm and upbeat presence which can help create a level-headed workplace where where people can still get things things done as 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 best as, as possible within the, the circumstances. And leaders should also encourage self-care among their employees. 
who mentally really are trying to adapt to remote work. They may have a stress of a new environment and they may have the stress of daily updates currently around COVID-19 and the pandemic. So that's really important. Managers should advocate for remote employees to exercise, get quality sleep and continue on with lives as normally as they can, given the difficult circumstances that we're all in. So finally, businesses can create an environment where employees can feel able to raise any concerns and problems with their line manager or HR contact without fear of pressure or recrimination. And it's really important that open two-way communication is, is there and is established to help employees and the business to thrive. Brilliant. So let's move on to talk about you know, our industry, the, the business supplies industry, and how the dealer community can step up and support you know, commerce and businesses that are facing you know, the many, many challenges that you've just mentioned. And, and also, you know, what opportunities does it do you and, and fellows see for our industry's reseller community as we sort of evolve into this new way of working? So, yeah, so I think, you know, without a doubt, a lot's changed over, over recent months and particularly in our industry, I think, because, um, you know, most of our, our dealer community and our reseller community will have been relying on products and, and services being delivered to a business. And clearly what's happened over, over recent months is that we've seen a, a huge disbursement and and you know, employees working from home and those solutions and products suddenly need to go to a very different location. So I think, you know, there's been lots and lots of different challenges. And I would encourage really the dealer community to offer as many resources and information freely and effectively as they can and, and really then link that with the right solutions, whether that's products, services, whatever it may be and really easy delivery options so that so that businesses can be confident their purchases are being delivered to where their employees are based or, or to a convenient place where they can collect them. So businesses are facing so many challenges right now and, and whether it is cash flow or you know their customer base or getting the right solutions to home workers or deciding even where new business may come from. So more than ever, businesses need to make educated and informed decisions and you know, at Fellows, we offer many resources, as you will know, Steve, um, to the dealer community to really help their customers to make the right purchase decisions. So, you know, whether this is, you know, the product range and, and the support we give around the products in terms of in terms of information on the on the features or, or assembly or where to use or how to use, you know, whether it's it's things like the online workstation risk assessment to help employees identify the right ergonomic accessories they may need or or plenty of content and thought leadership around specific topics, you know, which we do a lot of in this area on, on health and well-being, including things like helpful tips and hints for those working from home. You know, th this is really important. All, all these things are incredibly important. And I think the, the really important thing is that our reseller community helps to provide this really strong accompanying information alongside product solutions. And I guess my main reason for emphasizing that is we are, we're very aware that a lot of the decision-making process has over recent months actually been given to employees themselves and out of the hands of the business or, or potentially the procurement manager within the business. Given these exceptional circumstances and, and obviously employees working from home, so it's even more important than ever that we're giving them an educated decision-making process as part of that and that they're really making the right decisions. So, and alongside this, I would also comment on the delivery options and the delivery solutions. We've had to see, you know, a lot of businesses really um, 
re redesign, redevelop how they communicate the delivery around their products and services and, and how they get them remotely to employees. And, you know, I think these can definitely help businesses to feel confident they're, they're working with the right reseller, knowing that they've got these, these type of solutions all sorted and organized. In terms of opportunities, it's important the reseller community is aligned with the changing trends we're seeing in the industry. So without a doubt here at Fellows, we've been doing exactly the same as I'm sure many businesses have been doing. And whether it's changing consumer habits caused by the shift to working from home, which isn't likely to go away, and this will definitely impact product requirements, or it's the move to e-commerce channels for purchasing, or the need for more fragmented and faster delivery options. Resellers should really keep up to date with these trends and align their business proposition and model accordingly. And those businesses that are able to do this successfully are really the ones that are going to thrive going forward. All right. So beyond um, obviously products which are important, beyond you know advice and um, you know kind of understanding impacts and, uh, and legislation, what other sort of practical services, for example, could the dealer community evolve into providing to, to assist their you know, consumers? Well, I, th- I think the main thing is areas around, you know, making sure they've got real, really good links to their manufacturer product sites um, so that, you know, if they're not able to actually provide all the, all the really detailed information that manufacturers do provide, certainly businesses and employees can go on and look at that information um, in more detail should they wish to do so. Things like product reviews, um, understanding how other people have used these products is really important as well. Case studies and that type of thing, you know, will really really help people and then I think it's as I mentioned really more around the other service piece that the service provision that's there um, making sure that they can have a very fast and efficient order service a delivery service etc and and that the peace of mind really surrounding those topics is really really critical at this time and I think will really help separate those businesses that are that are successful from those who who maybe struggle a little bit more Excellent. I think that's probably enough for uh, today, Louise. Next time around, we're going to be talking about this uh, subject of um, hybrid working. And I know we've got some uh, very interesting and fascinating insight into that subject. So I look forward to welcoming you back next week for uh, another episode of OPI Talk. Thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thank you. In part two of the series, I'll be taking a closer look at another of those 2020 phrases, hybrid working. We'll be defining exactly what hybrid working means, exploring the role our industry's resellers should play in supporting their business customers, and discussing the commercial opportunities of doing so. So please join me and Louise next week. In the meantime, you can keep up to date with all the latest news and developments in the business products industry via our website, opi.net.